All right, Lou. So the, the trade deadline has come and gone with the Islanders not making any moves. Is that the end of the world? No. I get it. But one thing I just want to, we, we should say here, I'll speak for myself. You know, you don't get credit for moving in secrecy. The big narrative around every Lou Lamorello trade deadline is, you know, that the reporters don't know what he's doing or he insists on secrecy with all the other teams. I don't, I just don't give a shit. Like, who cares? You know, that benefits Lou. Maybe it benefits the team. That's fine. But that's just a, it's a non-narrative to me. You don't get credit for that. All the other teams seem to function just well, just perfectly fine enough with their stuff getting out from time to time. And rarely does anybody get hurt. I know we had a thing with Flurry last summer in Vegas, but rarely does that get in the way of business getting done. You also don't get the benefit of the doubt about moves that you might be able to pull off this summer. Because the Islanders didn't make any trades today or even accumulate any assets, that's all we have now is the offseason. But this isn't about what happened today is not about the offseason. Just just as they didn't move certain guys, they're in a bind. This is if I get the idea that Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz are gonna say they believe in this team, but I'm not sure what we're talking about anymore. Like this is this is a good team when they're back on the tracks. But is it a team that's going to compete next year with Tampa, with Florida, with possibly the Rangers, dare I say it, a couple others we can name, and with other teams like New Jersey, who I think will eventually get a much better coach and finally get their act together one of these years. So they got a long way to go. So what we know is that it's March 21st, it's right after the trade deadline, and the body of work of Lou Lamorello and the hockey operations staff of the Islanders from Game 7 in Tampa Bay until today in terms of asset management and acquisition. It's great they signed some guys long-term. Great, awesome, Pellet, Bullock, etc. But in terms of asset management and acquisition, I don't think there's any much of a debate whatsoever that Lou Lamorello would get an F. So, welcome to Islanders Forecheck, presented by Instat Hockey, the Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village, and by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Another trade deadline rolls by. Another year, Islander fans are disappointed. I understand they were not making the playoffs. I understand they were not going to make that big splash acquisition. Um, I think we discussed this in one of our prior conversations don't be surprised if they don't do anything. This year, they were bitten by what the bug that is known as anything and everything that can go wrong will. Brand new arena, brand new state-of-the-art arena that's going to be in the future the thing that lures, hopefully, free agents and big-time free agents to Long Island. Yes, Playing at Madison Square Garden, playing for the Rangers, yes, that they have the money to spend on these big-time guys, whether it's in free agency. This is now crunch time for the Islanders because they have no more excuses to bland guys. I remember back in the day, and we could go right even as, as recent as Artemi Panarin leaving money on the table from the Islanders. That's At least that's what everybody was told and the media said 
to go play for the Rangers. They're on they're same on an thing. equal footing now. No yeah, excuse. Same thing. Right. Same thing a couple of years ago. I believe Dan Hamhus was a free agent and the Islanders were targeting him. And he did not want to play in the building. I've heard guys talk about it. I won't name the players, but I've heard guys talk about it saying, yeah, the building is great for the playoffs. You know, you see it, you hear it. But guys want to play in a state-of-the-art arena with state-of-the-art facilities, state-of-the-art locker room, state-of-the-art weight room. They have that now. I'm just afraid as an Islander fan because we're sitting here year after year after year waiting for that big splash, and that big splash never comes. It, it didn't come in Thomas Vanek who we lost, Matt, I don't say we, we as a fan base lost Matt Molson, who on Tavares' line may have been the best goal scorer that he's had. Three straight 30 goal seasons for a guy who was just an afterthought when he was with the LA Kings. Same thing with Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith was supposed to be the guy, oh, he stands in front of the net, the net front presence. Oh, he cried his eyes out when he got traded. So... I'm, I don't know. I, I no, I'm with you. I'm just concerned about going too far into the hole of the deep past. We've we've lived that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I know what no, you no, no. and but, and you make a great point, Lou. In that, so what I love what you said is there's there are no more excuses now. To be clear, mm-hmm. on this trade deadline, there isn't anybody who is acquired by somebody, including Richard Raquel and, and everybody else who went, who the Islanders should get. That is not the argument. It is a little bit of a surprise that there were no assets acquired, even a fourth round draft pick or a second round pick. Now, now I got to, Lou Lamorello, the question will be, was he offered these things and he decided that it was better to be more loyal or that he would prefer to have, have Cal Clutterbuck around again? No green, no Chara. I don't care about any of that. That, that. That's not in play here. But Mayfield, anybody else, the, the loyalty thing, and he's probably not yeah. going to speak to this because then he's, that would be him showing up, uh, showing his cards. But like, I'm surprised. You know, I just want to be clear here. Where this now moves into is the off season, and we could say, yeah. well, if they get Jeff Chikrin in a trade. And if they can sign Philip Forsberg, well, then it's it's a home run. And absolutely, and we'll all come back on the air. We'll regroup on your on Riverside here, and we'll celebrate those moves. But they are one of many teams in this league, and we don't know that's going to happen. So in this show about today, in this show about the last year, I give the Islanders management an F. They have to be given an F. I agree with you because, like you said, the acquisition of assets, if you think about it, they let a couple of years ago two good players leave on unrestricted free agent contracts and got nothing for them, Franz Nielsen and Kyle Okposo. You have expiring contracts. Why not move them? Is it because after the loss yesterday to the Flyers, when they asked Casey Sezikis, hey, what would your life, do you, do you know what life would be like, or do you want to know, experience life, or what life would be like without Cal Clutterbuck on your line? And he says no. Well, you know what, guys, I'm sorry, but that's the nature of the beast. And if someone came knocking and wanted a third or a fourth round pick for Cal Clutterbuck, guess what? Cal, good luck in the playoffs. You're on your way to Minnesota. Good luck in the playoffs. You're going to Dallas. That That's a fascinating no one, one to me. And also the, the idea that um, afterward getting out that he was scratched again and put green aside mm-hmm. here that then there seemed to be this rally from Anders Lee 
and also from Coach Barry Trotz to say, you know, oh, no, he was banged up. We didn't sit him out because of that. It's a maintenance and, day. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I'll tell a quick story about that. I, I believe sometimes there could be pride involved here, and I don't blame Cal Clutterbuck. Long time ago, PR director, I get a call to come down to the locker room area. We had a player who we had announced was a healthy scratch, or we told the broadcast was a healthy scratch. I won't name the player. Uh, still a good friend to this day. And I went downstairs thinking, okay, oh, where's, I wonder what he wants to talk about. And Lou, the guy wanted to kill me. He, he went after me. He was furious. And what it was was he said, but my shoulder has got this. My knee has got this. My groin's got I am beat up. And to sit here, you know, in the training room and hear the guys on TV say that I'm a healthy scratch. Like he was really, really mad. And I said, look, oh. I, I, you know, and I appreciated that. That was the pride. I think at the time, if I can remember, it was what you would call a maintenance day now. But sure. this was 12, 13 years ago or so. We just said Healthy scratch makes you think the guy's not playing well. And yeah. He sucks and, 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 and he is, you know, and he was a, a fringe player in terms of, you know, fourth line kind of guy. But his thing was like, no, I need people to understand I'm out. So Clutterbuck, I'm sure, was injured. It is a little weird. And somebody had a great tweet. One of the fans had a great tweet saying that uh, only the Islanders, when they're trying to move people for assets, would then all come out and talk about how banged up Cal Clutterbuck was. So um, it's, listen, we knew there were never going to be any big deals. I had predicted two of some kind. I think you were thought along those lines too, to be sitting. I think I took the under. I think I said none. Uh, Not to pat myself on the back, but I think I said none. I took the under. That's fine. Um, The, it is a little shocking that a team who's out of the playoff race is, you know, wind up not being able to do anything. This isn't envy of what other teams did. Congratulations to those teams that made the good moves. We all know that they rarely put you over the top. History has proven that. There's a reason why 42 freaking years later, we still cite the Butch Glory. Not not just Islanders country, but everybody in the NHL cites that as a fi- the final peace trade um, because it doesn't always happen. But it's just a, it's surprising, and now it all comes down to the offseason, to the time around the draft, and this is a team that has lost draft picks in trades, trades that there was a purpose for them, that has not many prospects whatsoever. They are one of the thinnest. They are one of the worst farm systems in the league. So this is a team with a lot of holes. If they get the two pieces they need this offseason, that's great, but we don't know they're going to do that. And you don't know because everything is so tight-lipped. And I get it. That's been the way it's been for years under Lamarillo's regimes. And I, and I respect the man because he's built winners in New Jersey. He put the Islanders back on the map, bringing in Barry Trotz, who when the Capitals let him become available, or when he left the Capitals, I should say, because you know, they didn't let him become available. When he became available, after leaving the Caps... You know, Lou swooped right in and I think, you know, made a franchise-saving decision by bringing him in because he's obviously put in a system that is, you know, 
shown to be successful this year being the exception because of the long road trips and just some of the injuries and COVID and all the other stuff that the Islanders had to deal with. Other, te- other teams had to deal with it too. Maybe not a 13-game road trip to start the season, but everybody's had to deal with the nicks and dings and illnesses that come along with a hockey season. But, you know, we're going to get to another summer. And like you said, there's going to be just so much pressure to bring in these extra pieces or these finishing pieces. They went to the conference finals against Tampa last year. They lost to the defend the, the eventual Stanley Cup champion the year before that, two years in a row. Doing that for a third year, we all knew that it was going to be super tough. And then on top of that, saying, my team's on the ice. These are the guys that we're going to war with and not bringing in someone to ride shotgun, as I mentioned last episode with Matthew Barzell, not bringing in that Adrian Coin like you know, puck-moving defenseman who could actually play defense, but also a bomb of a shot from the point who can quarterback the power play, and that's no knock on, on Ryan Pollock, but you know he's, he's not the power play quarterback. He's just a cannon of a shot. Um, I think Dobson will be there eventually. But, you know, that's a lot of pressure on a young kid. And for the Islanders to once again, and and you're going to laugh when I say this because I'm going to bring the Mets up. You look at what the Mets did this offseason. They have an owner who has deep, deep pockets and went out and got the guys that he thought, this is going to help my team get back on the map and this is going to help my team compete for a championship. I'm hoping that Malkin and Ledecky at some point, figure it out. And I understand they have a cap to deal with. Baseball yeah, does there, that is a big consideration, but I hear you. But, but eventually, you're going to have to... Bre- you're a New York team. You're not a small market team. You may play on Long Island, but you still play in New York, and the Islanders fan base has needed and wanted superstar players on their roster. Now, granted, I'm not talking about going back to the 80s where you have like five Hall of Famers on one team. That's just not going to happen anymore. But the Islander fans need a Jacob Chitron. They need a Philip Forsberg. They need a roster filled out, rounded out with grit and skill and speed and youth. And they have to figure out how they're going to do that. My concern is that there there seems to be just based on the comments, and I get it, Lamorello and Barry Trotz can't st- stand there and tell the media, especially Barry after every game, that there are areas he doesn't believe. And of course he has to say he believes in this group, right? But mm-hmm. I'm concerned that there might be too much belief in them. And the the words and the actions, or in this case, the lack of activity, would seem to think that they feel they can take another run at it with the gist of this team. And all I see is they they're not closer to Tampa Bay. They're further away. They're not closer to the to, Florida Panthers. They're further away. Carolina. Just to, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just to throw this out there, I just see this on Twitter now. This is um, We're recording this at a little before 4 o'clock. It's 3.48 Eastern time as I'm saying this. 19 seconds ago, New York Islanders signed Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck to extensions. Kevin Weeks is reporting this. Well, that reinforces what we just said. And by the way, neither, especially Parise, is not a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. I... I'm I'm in the minority on Parisi, and let's see what the term and the dollars are. If it's one year at the minimum that every fan says it's going to be, that's fine. Um, but 
that's like perfect timing. And thank you, Weeksy, for that for that tweet and for He's reporting. He's been all over at this trade demo. Yeah, but also it's perfect because here I'm actually talking about this this faith in this current team, and do they are pieces? They are third and fourth line pieces. But if the idea is to win the whole darn thing, not just be a 96 mm-hmm. to 102 point team next year, they, you know, that, that's, that wound up being in the, by the way. So, okay, they did two moves. We could argue whether, <laughs> whether I get credit for saying they made two moves, but, but they did but, like it's. But Chris, those aren't the moves the fan base want. Listen, I understand front offices do not do things for the fan base. Yeah. Very rarely will you see a move made to appease the fans, but I mean, I, I don't, you know, that, that's fine. That's two roster spots that young kids could by be guys playing in, in, in there by in. guys in their mid to late thirties in third and fourth line roles. So, uh, congratulations to them. Welcome back, to, especially to Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, Zach Parisi has been really good, as I've said, for the last 40 games or so. It's an 82-game season, and he was, I think it was completely overrated, this notion in the first quarter of the season that he just wasn't getting the bounces. But, again, I'm in the minority on that. This team needs to get better to contend uh, for a Stanley Cup. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Jacob Chicken. We're going to talk about... Uh, Philip Forsberg. We could talk about Richard Raquel or other players who might be available, but just this quick read in 30 seconds. Main Street Board Game Cafe, Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and games for play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. From card and party games to games for family to strategy games, they have it all. Folks, they are at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to MainStreetBoardGame.com boardgamecafe.com for more information main street board game cafe find your crowd unplug your game also big thanks to hello fresh america's number one meal kit and of course course to instat hockey three sponsors who've really uh, been been at our side so there are your news items probably uh, for today although they're, they're you know the trade deadlines come and gone it doesn't mean there can't be more signings so jacob Chickren, Arizona is now going to be traded in the offseason. And going back to the theme of today, like I don't think the Islanders have the if the Islanders pull off a Chickren trade, and he's a player who would be really useful for them, very good mm-hmm. for them, then they're really gonna be thin because they'll be down a high pick, a prospect, and probably one uh good player like a Beauvillier or something like that. So there's that. Yeah. And then there's Forsberg, which is your courting. If he winds up not signing with Nashville, I know uh, talks are continuing, uh, but that is a courting procedure of which the process that everybody, a lot of teams will be doing because they'd like to have Philip Forsberg on their team. So doesn't mean there will be more players available. I get that a lot. Well, Chris, who would you get? Who is going to be available this offseason? Players become available, right? There was a sure. there was a stretch where Tarasenko was available last summer. We wouldn't have predicted that a year or two ago. So, but right, right now we're dealing in the what ifs, and I just don't like if this winds up being their narrative for today, tonight, tomorrow, that mm-hmm. we're going to bring back our team. And add a piece or two, 
that's uh, that feels really reachy to me. What I'm hoping for, if this is the case where, you know, we're bringing this team back again, at least can we see the young kids play? You're not making the playoffs. Can we see the young kids play the remainder of the year? I want to see more from Kiefer Bellows. I want to see more Noah Dobson. I want to see more from, you know, the guys that they have, the Oliver Wallstroms. Can we get Ollie some consistent minutes, some consistent power play minutes? Do whatever you have to do to get these kids seasoned and ready for next season. This is almost like a long training camp the rest of the way. Sure, fight clutch, uh, you know, scratch and claw your way through the remainder of the season, try to ruin the season for some other teams that are trying to make the playoffs. I think the playoffs are almost pretty much locked up. I don't see anything really changing unless the Capitals goaltending goes, you know, down the tubes. But I think what you have to do is just play and play and play out the string, see what you have. And then when it comes to the offseason, you have to be the highest bidder for the services of someone like a Philip Forsberg, for someone like a Jacob Chitron, whatever the situation is as far as trade pieces or just putting a contract on the table and saying, here it is, blank check, sign it. Because you know what? The LA Kings are better this year. And the allure of playing in the sun of the West Coast, it's definitely an option. You see what some of these other teams are doing. You see the run-and-gun nature of what the Calgary Flames are doing. Does Philip Forsberg want to go and live in Calgary? Don't know. I've never been to Calgary, but I hear people say it's a great place. Where's he going to go? What team fits his game? He's an offensive guy who likes to shoot the puck. Is he going to come to Barry Trotz's system and say, well, we're going to shut down your shooting a little bit, and we want you to play more of a defensive style? Yeah, okay, maybe Alexander Ovechkin dying for that Stanley Cup so he could compete with Crosby and say, look, I got one too. You'd do anything like Steve Eiserman did back in the day. He toned down his game defense, uh, offensively to become more of a defensive two-way player under Scotty Bowman, and it led to Stanley Cups. Is Forsberg ready to make that move? I don't know. But you have to do something. You have to do something. And we said this last summer, and we'll say it this summer, and we'll probably say it the summer or trading deadline after this, after this season. They have to do something. If there's a chance to make the team better, you do it. And they haven't done that it's, in a long time. Yeah, it's going to make for a uh, fascinating offseason. I've said that uh, probably a lot on the show in the last few weeks. It's We don't know about Forsberg. He, by the way, he signed with Nashville, and, and that, that'll be over. The, the wild card will be, do other people become available? But the Islanders, mm-hmm. look, whether you want to criticize their lack of activity or not, what is a fact is that they don't have many assets to trade in terms of prospects or to to develop prospects coming up picks to move picks to make it is it's bad so when i mentioned yesterday i think in a reply that if the team doesn't find a way to pull some rabbits out of a hat hat they could be on the road to mediocrity this isn't the years of the islanders sucking forever like when i worked there most of the time This is about trying to become a Stanley Cup contender in this new building in one of the major markets in North America. The the bar Mm -hmm. has been raised, folks. And it's it's interesting to me, it's downright, I'll use the word again, fascinating to me, that on this day, the storyline became the re-signing of two bottom six forwards in their mid in, in one case, late 30s. That's that's interesting optics. 
Um, I guess time will tell. I'm not going to be harsh here. I'm not going to be nasty. I'm not going to be overly negative. I think what's on the paper today is on the paper. And this is the team you're looking at. It puts a lot of faith in Barry Trotz's ability to make chicken salad. It also puts a lot of faith in the ability of Lula Morello and the owners and Barry Trotz to recruit a top free agent successfully uh, and pull the trigger on a big trade. Can't wait to see how it unfolds. I suspect the rest of the season they'll play pretty well, uh, but I really can't wait to see see uh, how it how it transpires. I'll leave it at this, Chris. The Islanders once again kick the hornet's nest known as their fan base, and their fan base is going to vent and vent and vent some more. So all we can do is wait till the summer, see what they have up their sleeve, and um, you know, I used to say in lieu we trust. I don't say that anymore. And it's not because I don't like the guy. It's just we need results. This is a results-based industry, and it, they're not getting results. Right. You have to earn it. And for the last year or so, at least, uh, he has not made the moves. He's had a he's not had a good year, and there isn't anybody, as I said at the top of the show, who could debate that. I guess what would be interesting is what would have been, from a PR perspective, from a fan perspective, what would have been better, not doing anything today? We're not doing anything at the trade deadline and signing Zach and Cal. Again, welcome back to Zach Parisi. Welcome back to Cal Clutterbuck, who has been an outstanding Islander and has showed uh, how much Cal cares about this franchise and this team and believes in it and wanted to stay and didn't even let himself go to free agency. That's a good look. Same thing for Zach Parisi, who could go free, could have gone free and decided to come back with this team. So, on, note, on that note, it's a positive, and now it all comes down to the offseason. Special thanks to Lou Pellegrino for producing, engineering, co-hosting. Fantastic. We'll be back in the next few days or so with another episode of Hockey Press, uh, Hockey Press Pass and maybe Islanders 4Check. Thanks to the fans for your support all season. We made it to the trade deadline. Let's see where the rest of the season takes us. Take care, everybody.